Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity. Help us do something good with it. In your name we pray. Amen. Do you ever sometimes turn on the news and you're watching it and you click the information bar just to make sure that this is the news and not some kind of twisted reality show that you've just happened upon? It it seems as though there's just a lot of things going on in the world today that are spiraling out of control. And in the midst of all of that, one of the things that I have noticed is that we are reminded again and again and again how the labels that we bear speak volumes about what we do and how what we do tremendously informs the world about the labels that we carry with us. So, for example, there's a visual that will immediately come to your mind when I say the word KKK. You know what that looks like, you know what the KKK believes, and you likely know what kind of activities the members of that particular group participate in. But there are other groups that you find labels for as well. If you meet someone and they introduce themselves as Dr. So-and-so, MD, that label gives you some information, doesn't it? You know that that person is a medical doctor, and all things being equal, the assumption is that they are someone who bears this label because they are trained and because they want to help people maintain their health and well-being. Now, all of us bear all kinds of labels. If you took a moment right now and reached behind your back, you are likely to find a label in the back of your clothing, your shirt, your dress, your pants. Now, what does that particular label say about you? For some of us, it it may say something along the lines of, this is what I had to wear this morning, (laughs) right? And, And for others of us, it's, my wife bought this and I will be wearing it until I die. Um, but, but there are others, you saw in the news this week, cannot even believe that this made news, but on social media, right, someone connected with the government, not who works for the government, but is married to somebody in the government, decided to put up a picture of herself and she hashtagged every major label that she was wearing because the message she wanted to send out was, I have money, I have, I have money, please look at me. Because there are times we want that tag to show, right? We want to make sure everybody knows that we have something that's important. In my middle school years, I had to have a pair of tree-torn sneakers. Um, they look like this. Sung, Sung says they, they look like little old lady shoes. But, um, but I had to have them, and, and I wore them everywhere because that's what all the cool kids did kind of like the kids wear vans today same general concept and i wore them even when it didn't make sense to wear them just so everyone would know that i have them and one of those times when it didn't make sense was on a confirmation trip to baltimore city and so we get down there and our group is working on an abandoned lot clearing away some dilapidated construction remnants and you might already be thinking Oh, those are white shoes. This probably is not a smart idea. That is nothing compared to the moment when I stepped on the rusty nail that went right through the back of the sole of my shoe and into the bottom of my foot. 
And at first, you know, my first thought was, my shoes, my shoes. These are expensive shoes, right? And then I had the throbbing in, in the back of my foot and my white tree torn started turning red and I realized that I was gonna have a problem on my, head, on my hands. Two major thoughts on the drive home back, back to my parents. One, and I said this to my father repeatedly, I would rather lose my foot than have to go get a tetanus shot. <laughs> and two, mom and dad are gonna kill me for ruining these very expensive yet extremely trendy shoes that everyone else was wearing. And by the way, everyone else was gonna notice that I was no longer wearing my shoes. So labels at times are very important to us, whether we want to admit it or not. And do not think for one instance that those who create labels do not have a vested interest in those who wear their brand. A couple of years ago, clothing company Abercrombie & Fitch, the CEO got in a huge amount of trouble because he went in, in public and announced that he did not want fat people wearing his brand because that's not who his brand was. Now, he may have thought that, but to get it out into the public, that's, that's pretty impressive. The truth is, people do care who represents their brand. So today I want you to think about a label that many of us in this room would, would say we bear. And that label is Christian. Now, what, is, what does that mean and what does it look like? And are we representing that label well? Christian does not mean that you have the superhuman ability to get yourself into church every Sunday morning. It does not mean that there was this time once back in 1983 where you went to a Bible study. To be a Christian means that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, what does that look like? If you ask some people, they would say that means that you are a Republican. And if you ask others, they would say it means that you are a Democrat. Now, here's the crazy thing about this. Jesus was neither a Republican or a Democrat. And I know that this is going to be hard for us to hear sometimes, but this is a truth. It turns out that Jesus wasn't even an American. <laughs> right? Right? But that's hard for us to hear because somewhere along the way we have conflated our politics and our religion to be the same thing. So let's start by saying that to be a follower of Jesus is not the same thing as the political party that you affiliate with or the country that you live in. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus did not engage politics because he did. He was very clear that we render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. You pay your taxes. He was respectful of those in political power, but he did not hesitate to stand up and call them out when it was necessary. But Jesus' primary identity was not his politics. And truthfully, if following Jesus was all about politics, then governments all over the world would have to admit that they are way, 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 way off track. 
To follow Jesus means that we go wherever he goes, and sometimes that's to really cool places. Sometimes that's down to the river to to baptize believers or going to weddings where Jesus is going to turn water into wine. But many times, many times, Jesus went to places where most of us, if we're honest, left to our own devices, are not going to go on our own. He went to where the poor, the neglected, the abused, the possessed, the selfish, the self-righteous, the landowners, and the sharecroppers were. He went to those places where, so, where many so-called Christians today would politely not speak about the horror of such places in public, but in the privacy of their own home would talk about how no one in their right mind would ever go to such a place. In many ways, being a Christian is far, far less about what happens in here and far, far more about what happens out there in the world. Of course, out there is scary, especially lately, and yet somehow far too many of us seem to be taken off guard by the whole thing, almost, almost surprised at this. Well, that's contrary to Peter's words to us this morning. Beloved, do not be surprised. Do not, he, can, he can't be any more clear. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you are sharing in Christ's sufferings so that you may be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Now, Peter reminds us that there is going to be struggle and there is going to be suffering both in the world and on a personal level. And here's the news. Peter wrote this long before there was a White House. So for those of you that are thinking, see, the struggles that we're currently having right now, right, it's irrelevant because Peter wrote this long before that. And those of you that were panicked, right, right, two or three years ago, Peter wrote it long before all of that. He said it was coming, both in the world and on a personal level. So we should not be surprised by this because we know, we know that Jesus suffered. The cross that many of us wear around our necks is not an ornamental decoration. It is a symbol of suffering and shame. So while Peter tells us that we shouldn't necessarily be surprised by what's happening, he does give us some instructions about how we respond to it, how we need to handle it. We need to look for those places where God's glory is revealed. How many of you remember Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers, right? Um, He was a Presbyterian minister, probably one of our most famous ones, and he would always say that in times of tragedy, in times of darkness, that you need to go looking for the good guys. That's what, he would, that's what he would say. We need to be drawn to those places where God's glory is streaming down on the earth, and I promise you they're not going to show up on the 6 o'clock news. Sometimes those places where God's glory is revealed are very dark, but there might be one person standing over there trying to bring in the light. We've got to look for that person, join them, and help that light to grow. 
God does not wander away when things start to get ugly. He always finds a way to bring light into the darkness, to bring good into the evil. And so our job, Peter says, is go looking for that. Go look for those places where God's glory is revealed and be a part of that. Now Peter warns, though, that there's probably going to be a cost to following Jesus, to standing up and and bearing the name of God that is pure and holy, that it's probably going to cost you. It's going to cost you in, in judgment of others, possibly in friendships or employment, conceivably your personal well-being. If you have never experienced the slightest discomfort from being a Christian, then you are doing it wrong. You are, because following Jesus runs against the culture. Yesterday, Maria's birthday party, I'm standing there watching a wildlife rehabilitator pull out a 10-foot python, lays it down in front of the kids, and he's explaining how you're going to pet the python. I don't know if you all have a lot of experience with petting pythons, but as a general rule, what you do is you have to pet towards the tail, right? We're going to pet towards the tail, but these are five-year-olds, so we're going like towards the head. Do you know what happens when you, when you go the opposite way, right? It's discomforting for the snake. It does not feel very good. They do not like it. If you are not, if you are not experiencing the discomfort of rubbing against the norm, then it's time to really decide, am I following Jesus at all? If it is super, super easy for you all of the time, all of the time to be a follower of Jesus, something is probably off. Now, it is, it's one thing to stand on your faith and to follow Jesus to the point of going against the norm. But there are some things, Peter says, we are not going to do. We're just not going to do them. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, a criminal, or even a mischief maker. This should speak to us as the church in 2017. We know that there's been a lot of flashpoint anger lately all around our country. And there have been occasions when people have hidden behind the label of Christianity to justify their actions. Peter says, this is a non-starter. We're not going to do this. The first two things Peter talks about, murder and theft, I think they're pretty self-explanatory. We don't need to cover them. But let's hone in on the last two. Being a criminal or even a mischief maker. Because that seems to be where we're having the greatest problems. There is nothing quite like turning on the news and seeing rioters or looters or homegrown militias wearing t-shirts that say Jesus loves you. Or a huge cross threatening to destroy or beat up or tear down a community. Now, friends, I have never met somebody who has been inspired to give their life to Christ as a result of watching a violent protester with a Bible verse tattooed on their shoulder. Because, see, that's not following Jesus. And, of course, I figured as I was writing this that somebody's going to say to me, well, you know, Pastor Hope, Jesus was arrested. He, he was a criminal. No, no, he wasn't. Because when he was arrested, even Pilate couldn't figure out why. He'd done nothing wrong. They had to make up charges against him. 
Peter reminds us that we are not to do anything that would precipitate real charges, even going as far as saying, just don't even be a mischief maker. Don't do that. Why? Yet if any of you suffer as a Christian, says Peter, do not consider it a disgrace, but glorify God because you bear this name. We cannot murder, steal, commit any crime, even create mischief, because if we do, we tarnish the name, the label that we carry. In your baptism, you were given the name child of God. You belong to the creator. You represent the kingdom of God out in the world. And if you represent the kingdom of God out in the world, you also represent the king, Jesus Christ. So let me ask you this. Do you live your life in such a way that if somebody looked at you, they would have a positive impression of Jesus Christ? Think about that for a minute. If somebody looked at you, just, just looked at you and your behavior and the way that you do things and the way that you say things, would they have a positive impression of Jesus Christ? Are you somebody who, who complains constantly? Who is negative about everything? Who, who simply cannot wait to share their pessimistic opinion with everyone? Do you think that that inspires the joy of Christ that you have so clearly not communicated? If you go on national television and, and you spew out hate and vitriol towards a group of people who are not like you while quoting the Bible, what kind of image are you presenting about the one who you follow? One of the reasons that you've heard so many clergy across the country, big churches, little churches, everybody in between, get so vocal in recent weeks, it's because we've been pushed to the point of having to defend who we are as followers of Christ because there's far too many people running around who are doing harmful damage to the name that we bear with our lives. And so if we stay silent then we're complicit in saying that these individuals, yes, they absolutely represent who we are as people of faith. But they don't. They don't. And so therefore, we can't remain silent. We're not a clothing brand or an automaker or an airline. The name that we bear has eternal ramifications. It gives us our primary and ultimate identity. You don't just go pick another airline or get a different type of shirt. What would you say if someone ran around Bradenton saying grossly false things about you or your family that go against the core of who you are? Would you let them do that? No, of course not. So we can't treat our faith any differently. For as Peter wrote, the time has come for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us, if it begins with us, what will be the end for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinners? So because God's already on top of that, therefore let those suffering in accordance with God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while continuing to do good. It's really hard to do good if you're going to commit murder and and theft and make mischief. It's hard to do good. 
follow Jesus, do good, love God, bear the name well, because you represent the creator of the universe, and there is no greater name. Let's pray together. Lord God, we, we confess that labels help us to identify those who are like us and those who are different from us. They help us to judge. They help us to make sure that we know where we stand in relation to the world. But Lord, we pray that you help us to bear one label, child of God. And because of that one label, help us to change our behaviors, the words that we speak, the ways that we interact with others, so that they bring glory and honor to you in all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen.